exciting new possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. Shows for the whole family. Waterbury Palace, your palace, your place. Waterbury Palace Theater. Good Friday morning, everybody. I'm Sherry Marcucci, your host for Your Palace, Your Place, presented by the Palace Theater right here in wonderful, wonderful Waterbury. And I know it's dreary and drizzly, and we're going to have some, uh, I guess, some uh, really strong winds later today. But for right now, for the next 50 minutes, I want you to enjoy yourself, hopefully learn a few things about uh, some interesting topics this morning, actually. And um, just, you know, take a breath, have that... fresh cup of coffee and be with us uh, for a few minutes. Um, Today is Wear Red Day for ladies in particular because we're, we're, um, it's American Heart Association's month for um, bringing awareness to the issue of heart disease and particularly for women. And I've just been reading some information how heart disease actually is, there's more deaths to women, among women, from heart attacks than men, and I and I'm uh, from what I've been learning and reading. Um, I think we tend to not take the symptoms as as what they are. So, ladies, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to pretend to give you that information. But do yourself a favor and do a little research. And you know, we're red today. Celebrate the fact that you're here. You're alive. Um, one of our guests in studio this morning, Michelle Gotai, who I'll introduce formally in a bit. Both she and I have our red on today. So um, I'm excited to to uh, share that with you. Also. At the Palace Theater, we just have on sale this morning at 10 a.m. Charles Esten is going to be performing with his band Six Wire, his touring band, on March 28th. Now, Charles Esten, you may not recognize the name, but if I say to you, ladies in particular, Deacon from Nashville, the TV show, I think you all know who I mean. And yes, he's coming to the Palace Theater. Be still my heart. (laughs) Now your face is red. (laughs) So um, if he's, you know, one of your faves and uh, you'd like to get to see him up close and personal, and there are a limited number of specially uh, priced meet and greet tickets, too. Um, So if you're one of those lucky people, and they're not, the show is very affordably priced. So um, with that, 10 o'clock, palisaderct.org, or call our box office, 203 Three four six two thousand to get your tickets to see Charles Estin and Six Wire. Um, he's actually a very talented musician, um, as well as an actor and a comedian. Um, so a, a very multi, uh, triple threat kind of guy, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that. We're also um, going to be announcing. I think um, in the next week, we're going to be announcing tickets are available for our end-of-year celebration of our 15th anniversary at the Palace Theater since we reopened. And um, those of you who have been to our parties at the end of the year in the past, you know this is a blowout, fabulous, fun event with lots of food, lots of entertainment. So um, this year we're calling it Celebrate. 
because obviously we're celebrating our 15th anniversary. So um, be be on the lookout for those uh, emails or uh, hearing about it. It'll be in the paper as well. And then the other big exciting thing is uh, about mid-March, we'll already be announcing our um, subscription series for next season. And I do know some of the shows that are already in place, you are going to love next season. That's all I have to say. And um, we'll have Frank Tavera, our CEO, on in a few weeks to talk more about that. So I'm going to just move very quickly um, because we have a jam-packed show this morning. And I want to first say welcome to our two guests, Dr. Ray Winicky. Good morning. Good morning from Naugatuck Valley ENT Associates. And Michelle Gotai, our dear friend, and also uh, an audiologist. One of my she hats, has yes. many, many faces. This talented woman, and she works at Dr. Winicky's practice. And and they're here to talk about this morning. Their support, Dr. Winicky's practice is supporting, and Michelle is going to be the face of oh, our, gosh, yeah. um, our hearing, <laughs> our hearing, our hearing initiatives at the Palace Theater. And let me let me just rewind a little bit. Um, we've had some things already in place. Um, we have some new things we um, began to roll out last year, and there'll be even more and bigger and broader. But let me frame this. I've shared openly on this program that I'm hearing impaired. And when we first started really delving into what else can we do to help our patrons have a great experience at the palace, because I know firsthand there are um, shows I've seen. I can think of, a, a, for instance, um, it was actually in New York, and it was the color purple, and I missed a whole piece of the storyline because I couldn't hear it. I could not understand or hear the dialogue, and and way back, Frank and I were driving home and from a conference, and where we had seen the show, and we're talking about the show, and I said, what are you talking about? And he said, well, X, Y, Z. And I was like, I missed that whole part of the story. So uh, I can really appreciate and know that there are many other people. So Dr. Winicky, before we went on here, I started to ask you a question. Yes. Um, hearing loss today. Now, you know when, so- when something impacts your own life, you feel sure. like it's all around you. And I feel like, though, it's not just because I'm a hearing um, impaired person, but because... I feel like there's more people that are either experiencing hearing hearing loss at a younger age, or are um, having a hearing exam. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) or people just coming in for treatment sooner. So, can you address that first of all? Sure. Well, first of all, I would also like to share that I do also have a mild to moderate high frequency hearing loss. So I do have hearing aids myself. Oh. Uh, and I found that, uh, yes, the TV was getting louder at home, much to the chagrin of my wife. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was missing conversations, parts of conversations in restaurants, same issues, theater, movies, missing missing part of the conversation, the dialogue, and it was frustrating. Uh, yep. You know, we tend to kind of think that, well, no, it's just the sound quality, or, you know, maybe I wasn't paying attention, or the, the background noise was, was way too loud. But it turns out that if you do have have yourself evaluated, uh, 
you will find out that you might have a, a, a mild to moderate high frequency hearing loss. Uh, I think that to answer your question, is it more common? I think it's it's sort of like a lot of medical diagnoses these days. I think we're finding out that uh, we're, we're noticing things more, we're looking for more things. Uh, I think that we are being more uh, more aggressive in how we treat patients. When I was in training, and uh, that was well in the last millennium, uh, <laughs> we uh, we waited till people were having severe to profound hearing loss before we helped them with hearing aids. And part of that was because the technology was not great. They were just basically amplifiers. Mm -hmm. And now with the newer technologies that are coming out, we're finding out that we can filter out certain frequencies and we can raise the volume uh, in the frequencies where the patients need them and they're becoming much more comfortable. Most people now are wearing behind the ear hearing aids which are less um, occlusive for the ear canal and a lot more comfortable to wear. It gives you a lot more options because you can fit a lot more technology into those. And so we're starting to find out as we're doing more and more studies that the sooner we get people with even mild to moderate hearing loss and hearing aids, the better they'll be in the long term because it's as I tell everybody uh, who comes in, you know, we don't wait till you go blind to get your glasses. That's a great analogy. And <clears throat> I've had, um, I had my hearing um, evaluated in my mid-40s. And it was after having people say to me repeatedly, you can't hear. And um, so I finally went and um, lo and behold, I had nerve damage that was evaluated to be congenital. I had been born with it. And when I look back on my life, and there's some key things that I, I'm aware of, I'm like, oh, okay. That was probably indicative, but nobody picked up on it at the time. Um, and you learn great coping skills as a, a person with hearing loss. And, and for those listening, too, I mean, we talk about and your practice is ENT, ear, nose, and throat. So it's the ear, but actually it's the brain and ear connection. Correct. And what so I was just having a conversation with a woman this week, and she was thinking maybe I have a hearing loss. And I said, listen, go get your hearing evaluated. And I said, and don't get frustrated or get, give up once you get hearing aids, because it is something that needs a lot of um, tweaking because you... You are so individual. It's not the same as glasses in that respect where Correct. you can, there, is, there are so many nuances. And your brain is the thing that needs to get trained and practice. And, you know, I know I did the same thing initially. I would wear them, then eh, I don't feel like wearing them today. And that's a bad, bad thing. Michelle, so as an audiologist, what is it that... Um, what is it that you are looking for, or what is it, I, I mean, in terms of when a patient first comes in, and, um, you know, I, I can hear, I don't know why I'm here. I'm sure you get some of that resistance. We get that most of the time. Yeah. It, it's not anything anybody is looking for to being diagnosed with a hearing loss, and a lot of people are being diagnosed at a younger age, which is, people associate hearing loss with getting old. Yes. You know, and in some cases, you know, we are all losing a little bit of our hearing as we get older. It's pretty common. Um, however, there are other reasons, like you said, that people will be diagnosed at a younger age. And it, it, there's a stigma. There used to be more of a stigma. Yes. yes. Um, so and I also think hearing loss progresses 
very gradually sometimes, and it's normal to the person. Well, if everybody would just stop mumbling, I could hear. Oh fine. my God! I was I used to <laughs> accuse one of my coworkers. She's just a low talker. Yeah, you know? I hear that phrase a lot. Low talkers. And not that there aren't. Yeah, yeah. Not that there aren't some low talkers out there, but the majority of people who have high frequency hearing loss are missing certain consonant sounds that give the meaning to words. So it yes. does sound like people are mumbling because your ear is not detecting all of the sounds, even within a given word at the same level. Absolutely. So it does sound like a little bit of a garble. If you're looking at somebody face-to-face, you know, in a quiet room, usually you can do pretty well. But if you throw any background noise in there or someone will turn their back, or, or here's a big one, the spouse will call from upstairs or around the corner down the hall and say, bring me the blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, yes. the person with that high-frequency hearing loss has to spend an awful lot of time and energy trying to figure out, maybe even unconsciously, but you're working extra hard to try to communicate because that you're filling is... in the blanks all the time. That's why people will say, you know, oh, I'm thirsty. And they say, no, it's Wednesday. <laughs> you know, those kinds of and, mistakes. And, you know, there are times... I am still guilty of things like that, as my coworkers will vouch for. And again, you know, I've, I think I'm on my fifth pair of hearing aids. So each time I'm going up with the abilities of the new technologies, yeah, which sure, I'm sure. so excited about. Um, talk a little bit about that, Dr. Winnicky. You know, uh, how has, um, what is available today? There, there are just so many options available. It's, it's sort of like going and going to the car dealership now and buying a car <laughs> and, you know, all the different options. Um, but most hearing aids have a lot of uh, basic built-in um, uh, features and basically you can control a lot of the hearing aids now with your phone. So you can control volume. You can, you can go ahead and uh, if you're in a certain situation and you're Maybe it's not giving you the best uh, hearing that you want at that in that particular environment. You can go in and change the settings, and uh, very often these programs will walk you through. Is it's kind of like going to the eye doctor again? Is is A better than B? Is is B better than C? And you can create even custom custom. If you're constantly going to one particular restaurant, let's say you can create a custom um, profile for that restaurant. Uh, one of the other great things I think. And, oh, and I didn't know this. I'm learning something. I love that. One of the other great things actually that is very helpful and especially in the spousal department is that uh, you can very often connect directly to the TV and so the sound can be streamed directly to the hearing aids so everybody else in the room can listen to the TV at a normal volume and the person with the hearing loss will have their hearing aids in and will go directly into their hearing aids and so there's not that well you know the volume is on 55 yep. and everybody else wants it on 17 yes. and yeah. so that's also yeah. very very helpful uh, and so that's one of the wonderful things that's come So about. when someone comes and you're working with them there you fit them with hearing aids you teach them some of these things how to use them Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, it depends on the person. There are some individuals who want to set them and forget them. They don't want to be, they want to, like our normal ears. We don't walk around turning up our ears, turning things up and down. They want to leave them. And most hearing aids nowadays are self-adjusting. They are adapting to different listening environments. So if you walk from a quiet room down the hall to the where the Super Bowl is playing, the hearing aids will do a lot of adjusting on their own. But nowadays in this super technological world, people also like to be in control of their stuff. (laughs) And they want to be able to... Some of us. You know, a lot of people like to be able to sort of make whatever adjustments they feel. And what's nice about what Dr. Winnicky was saying, these adjustments that you can make on your phone, usually a patient would have to come back through that process you talked about of that tweaking. And they'd say, well, I love the hearing aid for this, this, and this. However, at my son's hockey games, you know, I have a hard 
hard time with this. Yes. And so I or the audiologist would have to go into the computer and use their best educated guess and decide, okay, that would be this type of background sounds and we'd have to lower these frequencies or raise these frequencies or add this noise suppression and then send them back to that space and go, try it like that now. And they go try it and then they have to come back where now they can in real time on their own in that space make those kinds of adjustments and, and see for themselves, is this better or that better? You almost don't even need to know exactly what it is you're doing. It's sort of like, is that hotter or colder? Am I getting yeah. closer or right, further away right. from what sounds great? That's fascinating. And that's, yeah, it's remarkable. I mean, and it's so true because different settings require a different um, ability, I guess. Is And the fact that the hearing aid can either you can, you know, be in control of it or can automatically do that. That is so critical because the first, again, I, I think I'm my fifth peer, but the original ones when I think back and um, to what I have right now there's a, a huge difference and, a huge difference. and mm-hmm. I would encourage anybody listening if you've have hearing aids if you have them in a drawer somewhere. Yes, they don't work that way. They don't yeah, work that way. No, I hear it all the time. They're in the sock when, drawer. When yeah. people come in for a, a consultation about hearing aids, the first thing they will say to me is, I don't know anyone who likes their hearing aids. And I, I have to laugh in a way because, and I'm sure you can attest personally, there are so many more people that come into that office that once they have their hearing aids, they've waited seven years to do this, mm-hmm. and they can't be without them for seven minutes while you're cleaning them, you know, or having to send them in for a checkup or whatever you have to do, because they've realized the the improvement, you know, I, I, the difference. It, uh, truthfully, I, I, I think of that so often, and like, if... If I were without these, I couldn't function. Because you don't realize, too, the um, other senses that were put into play to help you with hearing loss that before you had a hearing aid. So I was lip reading, but I didn't know it. Um, and I still do uh, well, uh, that. You um, probably always yeah, um, will. We you all know, do to some degree. Just, and, but to think of life without them is... It's depressing. I tell everybody, and I, and I'm I think it's important. I don't mean to be pessimistic, but more realistic. When people come in, I say these hearing aids are not going to give you normal hearing. There yes. will still be situations where you. I'm do so not glad you brought that well. up. And I think it's important that people understand that. I'll see that a lot with spouses. Will come in and say, "Well, how come you can't hear that? Don't you have your hearing aids in?" Yes. You know, the hearing aids should be improving the quality of your life and experience greatly. Yes. And but. They will not give you, and that's an hearing. important point to make because I think sometimes we we have expectations. Correct. Um, I know when I was first diagnosed, the first thing after the doctor told me, "Well, you you, you need two hearing aids." I was like, no, just do the surgery. I, I assumed that, you know, we could just fix this and it would go away. But um, he said, no, unfortunately, your hearing loss is... And I, I think that brings up a good point, though, for, for the listeners out there, that I think it's important that they be evaluated by, you know, a variety of, of hearing health professionals, both both uh, ENT physicians and audiologists, because sometimes there are some things. Sometimes it's as simple as wax, but I will tell you that we get a lot of people come in, I'm just here to have my ears cleaned. You look in and there's not a speck of wax in their ears and, you know, well, I think you might have a hearing loss. No, 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 no. You must be missing something. I'm like, you're 
canal's kind of small. Like yeah, really yeah. not missing that. And yeah. then we get them in the booth, and then suddenly they come back, and their head is hanging a little low. And I said, well, listen, at least we've identified the problem, and we have options to help you. Yeah. You know, this is a medical yeah. diagnosis that there are treatment options for. And, yes. and I think it's important, especially as people get older, and for those of you who may have, um, you know, parents out there who may be having some um, memory impairment issues or some underlying neurological issues, hearing loss has actually been identified now as one of the top reasons for depression in the elderly. Because people get depressed, they withdraw, they don't want to go to family functions, they don't want to go to the Palace Theater of all places. Absolutely. And there are correlations yeah. now between and dementia and it, hearing loss and cognitive issues. As absolutely. Older, yeah. And no question that that is an issue. And again, if you're listening to this and you're you know, saying, yep, yep, I'm checking off everything you're saying, do yourself the favor and make an appointment with Dr. Winnicky's office, uh, Naugatuck Valley ENT Associates, and, you know, see what's going on. That's so important. And we're almost out of time with this segment, but we didn't talk about what you're doing at the Palace Theater. So let's quickly uh, talk uh, about that. The new initiatives we talked about, and Michelle, you so eloquently, along with Meg Luddy, our um, front of house uh, director at the Palace Theater, working together on a wonderful video that's going to live on our website yes. and and thank you to uh, Dr. Winnicky again his practice for supporting this initiative we're working with the kids at the Waterbury Arts Magnet School young adults I should say um, who I can't tell you how professional they have been working with us and they were that day the, yeah. and they've done a beautiful job the video will be on the website talking about the three areas of help we can offer to a patron Michelle do you do you remember what they are do you, don't, don't well, look at me like a deer in the headlights well I I, 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 do, remember, I do know yeah, what they are I do remember you and correct me if I'm wrong at the palace you have a certain assistive listening devices that you can get at the box office yes. uh, or the cold room around. by the box office yes. where you wear a headset been and, around and a long no time hearing aids right? You People. also offer a caption um, Yes, the caption open caption. So at some performances of our Broadway series only, you can request seating in the open caption area, and you'll, just like closed caption on TV, you, you know, the words are... You know, running across the screen of the lyrics and the dialogue, which is fabulous because a lot of times you might hear dialogue, but song lyrics, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, true. So, Even so, for people with normal hearing sometimes. <laughs> you're absolutely right. You know? you're, and a lot of these big blockbusters we've had, you know, Les Mis, Phantom of the Opera, they're sung through. So if you aren't catching those lyrics, you don't know what's going on. Yeah. So you just call the box office if you're, you know, want a ticket in that seating area. Again, it's limited to only um, one performance of our Broadway series runs. So if a show is, you know, on a weekend, it's usually that uh, Saturday afternoon matinee. Right. Um, but the and, big drum roll. A big drum roll. And the newest one yeah. is your Mobile Connect. Mobile Connect. So Which do is, you want to talk well, about Well, I'll give you the what I what I know of it in, in layman's terms. Um, it is an app that you can download Download on your phone that the patron would likely likely want to do in advance of coming to a show. Yes, and I know that the palace is going to be offering some uh, tutorial sessions, sessions and, and then that. our website will always have that uh, as a, a place to start. Okay. So this may not be for everyone, but I think the majority of people who have um, hearing aids that can connect to their 
telephones can download this app and stream. What will happen is what is going through the sound system at the palace will go through your hearing aids if you are connected appropriately and you have the right kind of hearing aids, which which many of them I think will yes. will work with this system. Yes. Yes. So you're you're getting it streamed directly through your hearing aids, like your own personal headset through your and, aids. And we've been on a learning curve with this, and we're still trying to figure out. You know, some of like mine can't at this point because right. they're not talking to my phone. Right. My phone, it's not not it's everybody, but I think it will accommodate a lot of different people's hearing yes. with the newer technology and it's very exciting because it is something that a lot of people miss you know they miss going so to the exciting. They, it's they like stop there's doing like those things the head is in it's in your head yes. it's in your head it's in your ear it's it's truly a fabulous technology um and if you you know want information about this um please call call us at the palace theater meg luddy would be the go-to there um but call the general number and they can connect you 203 346 we are out of time, way over time, actually. <laughs> so I want to thank you, Dr. Winnicky, um, for being with us this morning. Well, I want to thank you for having both Michelle and I on. It was a pleasure. It's and our any pleasure. Other time you want us to come back? We'll come back. We will here, definitely. Here. A dynamic duo. Because once we once we roll this out in a big way, I think then we can um, address some, to even take questions from people at that point. So back. thank you Thanks both. And um, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to be back with um, one of our aldermen from Waterbury, uh, Jerry Reyes. He's going to talk about a very important project he's working on. So stay tuned. Entertaining new possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. Shows for the whole family. And we are back with your palace, your place. I'm Sherry Marcucci. And I, I apologize for incorrectly <laughs> saying stay tuned for a board of aldermen because it's state representative um, Jerry Reyes. And I do apologize, who's now in his third term representing part of the Waterbury Coalition mm -hmm. and representing the needs of the people of Waterbury. And in particular, I think what we're going to talk about today is are the people with a connection to Puerto Rico. And two weeks ago, um, the Palace Theater um, said to the Hispanic Coalition when they asked, we'd love to do something, um, you know, could you help us to help the people who are experiencing the horrific aftermath of all these earthquakes? And we said, yes, of course. And, you know, we had, it was just coincidental that we had the perfect show coming up because... We had the Simon and Garfunkel story. Now, when you think of Simon and Garfunkel, and the people who grew up with Simon and Garfunkel, they're the people that cared about causes um, and cared about, not that other people don't, but that was such a perfect kind of coming together. And the audience... You, you came and you had volunteers, uh, Felix Rodriguez, who's one, a board member at the Palace, and um, some of our other, Victor Lopez. Mm -hmm. They were, you know, people responded to um, their plea. Please help us. Please help our, our you know, people that we have families there that are living out in the street right now. So uh, the response was unbelievable. And we've done these kind of, you know, mm -hmm kind of past the can events never getting that kind of response over four thousand dollars was was gathered that evening and then people continued to give through the website and right now we don't have the website information specifically so uh felix 
if Rodriguez, if you want to call and give it to us, we would love that. Um, what the website is, because we think people are going to be um, listening that want to help. So, Jerry, what's happened since that collection? Well, first of all, Sherry, thank you very much, and uh, we are grateful to the Palace for uh, being uh, so gracious to offer offer the Hispanic Coalition that evening because uh, both of us went in really unknowing, and uh, I think you hit on a very important point. The uh, Simon and Garfunkel uh, show, which spoke, uh, their songs were so much of social justice, Yes, and uh, I think think there may have been a great connection there, but... uh, since uh, that evening, uh, we've had uh, several press conferences. Uh, the, the story of the uh, earthquakes and the aftershocks in Puerto Rico, which continue, and and people would be amazed that it's over a couple thousand, a couple thousand tremors, uh, and it's an ongoing thing. It's to ongoing. this day, uh, just a couple of days ago, we had a 5.4. Um, the regions that are greatly affected, which are all mainly on the Caribbean Sea side, uh, there's six or seven towns, the epicenter being Guanica and Guayanilla. Inter- interestingly enough, we're getting an influx of people here in Waterbury from Guanica and Guayanilla, which is near, it's either the epicenter or very close to the epicenter. And... Um, we're starting to see. We're starting to see it here in in Connecticut, uh, and I can report directly on in for Waterbury, which as of last week has uh, has uh, has fifty one students from Puerto Rico already here in four weeks. Wow! And um, going back to the palace that evening, uh, the, many of us with, from the Hispanic coalitions and the associates, uh, we talked about what a tremendous evening that was and uh, how grateful we were to the palace associates for actually uh offering that to us and uh and i had a conversation here with mr shoot and he's saying the uh that sometimes the campership drives don't even do that well so i think there there was a connection somehow there, about the there, social de- justice there definitely piece. was and you know i think you know uh, as human beings you know I have a dear friend who is from Puerto Rico. She um, her, she still has her adult children down there. And, and, you know, so I've been hearing firsthand from her. And we can't even fathom mm-hmm. what it's like to all of a sudden, I can't live in my home. I'm afraid. Kids are afraid to go to sleep at night. Um, people are living in their cars or out in the streets. I mean... I, I, you know, so I think our hearts were touched that night. So is there a team of people going down there from here to, you know, um, bring that money directly? Because I know that was kind of people wanted to be assured, I guess, that the money was going to really help people directly. Well, that's a great question, Sherry. So, you know, the uh, we've actually, by... Because of the fact that we've already done this exercise through Hurricanes Irma and Maria, where Puerto Rico was uh, greatly affected yes. uh, and devastated by those earthquakes uh, by the, by the by the hurricanes. Yes. Um, what we've proven to ourselves is that our door-to-door uh, practice is probably the best, and uh, not to say that there's anything wrong with any of the uh, the nonprofits and the folks that are, have boots on the ground there, but I think that when when you've proven to people that, listen, folks, what we've collected here, we personally either loaded it and put it on the van here, 
Mm-hmm. And we sent four four truckloads of uh, materials to Puerto Rico, wow. medicines, water, and many. Like I said, Greater Waterbury has been very kind um, and gracious in their donations. But we were able to send four uh, four four truckloads from here. What we loaded here, we uh, we personally unloaded on the other side, and we okay. personally got involved with uh, boots on the ground because um, it's very difficult uh, to hit all the pockets. But then you need to collaborate with folks on that side. Sure. So, uh, but you know, I, I I think that people need to be reassured that what we collect here. We're personally also distributing on the other end, and that's that's great. I mean, and I and I know many of you have families that are there, family members, their extended family, um, and I, I can't even imagine what you what they're going through and what you're going through on this side, worrying about them. You know, after uh, after the the hurricanes, uh, when we lost uh, touch with the island for a couple weeks, Hurricane Irma, Hurricane Maria, which was devastating. I mean, we really literally lost connection with the island for about seven to ten days before power was restored so people could, you know, yeah. those cell towers were affected. And then you don't have a clue. I, I normally go to Puerto Rico at least once a year for vacation. I have not been to Puerto Rico in the last three years for vacation. Yet I've been to Puerto Rico like 12 times, but none of it was for vacation. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a big difference when you go for vacation. You pack differently. You uh, sure. prepare yourself mentally different than when you're going there as to help. some sort of relief. Yes. To try to add some sort of normalcy and sanity to people who are now being, in my mind, mentally anguished. Oh, my God. Of course. I mean, and that must, you know, you must be... Obviously affected, you know, to know you're turning around and coming back here, and and, and you know, and they're not. I've had, you know, Sherry. That's such a great point. Uh, Maritza Rivera from the Rivera Memorial Foundation, uh, Billy Lopez, uh, Alba Rodriguez is a teacher here at Westside. These folks were on the ground when the earthquake, the first two earthquakes hit in Puerto Rico. When they left. When and Maritza still is affected by it, when they left, they really felt like they were abandoning oh. their own. And I remember, and Maritza will talk yeah. to you about it. She's been so affected by it that she won't even talk to the press about it. That's how. And she was there a month for Christmas. I was in Puerto Rico uh, with my aunt in Juana Diaz, which is 30 miles from the epicenter of where this is happening, and uh, for Christmas. And I left a week before. I left Puerto Rico the week before the earthquake hit. And I was right uh, on the Caribbean Sea, less than less than a quarter of a mile from the Caribbean Sea, very flat. It's a tsunami zone. And when I and the, as soon as it hit, I was thinking of my aunts and my cousins, were, which are right there on the edge of the sea. And I wanted to make sure that they were on higher ground. Yes. Because yeah. uh, because I'm fortunately or unfortunately, the beauty of living by the sea is also the curse of living by sure, the sea. Sure. Sure. So. They're in a tsunami zone, and uh, most of my cousins and, and family members have headed to higher ground. But I have this one aunt that won't leave her home, and uh, oh, she's the one I'm most worried about. Because she's older, too. Number one. And number yeah. two, I have a sister that's up in the mountains, uh, which is uh, just north of uh, Ponce, which is the second largest city in Puerto Rico. Uh, because of the all the tremors and uh, the ongoing shakes, they're, they live in a beautiful concrete home, but that's the problem they also live in a beautiful concrete home and you never know when how big how you know you don't have and and and, and 
I remember her home. She was. T- we were there for Christmas. She's showing, she's telling, reminding me. We only have a front door. We don't have a back door. So they're not living in their home. They're sleeping in the patio. And uh, many of the larger baseball fields in Ponce, Guayanilla, and Guanica, their their big baseball parks have been turned into refugee camps. Oh. Jerry, I wish we could leave this on a on a on a more uplifting note, but I guess the the uplifting note is that if you're listening to this, and I'll say this to you, if you're listening and you want to donate, you can reach out. I'm sure through the Hispanic Coalition, um, and you know Victor Lopez, he's been at the forefront of this as well. Um, and that number you can get by just googling the Hispanic Coalition in Waterbury, and um, you know get get information about how you can still donate because it's obvious this is how does a country go through all these devastating things one right after another and and as you said they're still going on so um you know my heart has touched by your story and um and when you said maritza having it's almost like having kind of survivor guilt Mm -hmm. the person who gets to go on to normalcy and i'm sure there's many people right here in our community that are experiencing that because um their concern for family that is living you know they're still living in puerto rico um and it's a beautiful country it's not like they want to abandon their country either Mm -hmm. so um so i thank you for i know you're going up to harford and you need to you know get up there and we have another guest that we want to get on but i want to just thank you um and assure people that if you're making donations they're going directly into the hands of people who need whether it's toilet paper diapers food water whatever it is um to to help them th- through this and um god you know uh, prayers is what i would say uh, well, personally sherry thank you very much i'd like to thank watr for the opportunity and then and I'll, I'll leave this on a brighter note unlike hurricane maria uh which devastated the entire island um this, these earthquakes are in the southern, southeast, uh, southwest corner, um, although it affects like up to the center of the island. But the beauty of the uh, and resilience of the Puerto Rican people, thank God that the other half of the uh, island that really has been affected have all rallied together. And oh. they're the ones that have been bringing the water, the oh, tents. Oh, that's, a be- that's so, beautiful. So, so it, it's... It, they have proven to be resilient, and they've been proven to uh, really step up for each other. So, on a brighter note, uh, one half of the island is helping the the one that needs it the that's, most. At that's this a beautiful time. thing to hear, and thank you for leaving us with that uplifting thought. And Jerry, um, anytime you want to come back and give us an update, you're more than welcome. Well, so, thank, thank you very you. much for the opportunity. You're welcome. God bless. And we're going to be back um, after this break with a delightful guest we've had on before to talk about, okay, so you're 50, you're retired, and what are you doing to keep your mind stimulated? Stay tuned. Entertaining new possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. With your palace, your place, and um, uh, last but not least at all, I'm so happy to have again with us Fiona DeMiro from the Osier Lifelong Learning Institute, or OLLI, as 
as it's affectionately known. Um, welcome. Thank you, Sherry. I'm so happy to be back with you. I love being here. Oh, thank you. Well, you're you're just such a bright spot wherever you go. And Fiona, by the way, has her red on too. And none of us planned this. This just <laughs> happened. And um, so we're all here for Women's Health and uh, Heart Health Month. But Fiona's really here to talk about the new semester that begins February 21st for Ollie. And you're I'm telling you, first of all, tell the listeners who might not know, or new listeners that might not know, what is Ollie? What is Ollie? Well, Ollie is a lifelong learning institute for, and it basically it's for older adults. Now, the term older adults applies to anyone over 50. So, you know, I'm, I'm in there now. Um, <laughs> but um, we offer courses, social experiences, and um, it, it's really about, you know, encouraging people to have a community, maybe after you've retired, maybe if you're thinking about retirement and wondering, what, what am I going to do? What is my life going to look like? We offer, um, as I say, courses, special events at the Yukon campus in downtown Waterbury. And it is just a wonderful community of around 700 people at the moment. It's unbelievable. You can come to campus. You can, you know, you can reconnect with old friends. Obviously, a lot of people who come are from Waterbury. We have people who, hey, that used to be my babysitter or <laughs> we were together in high school. And it's, it's just a wonderful, wonderful program. And you know what I love? You have people coming from over 70 towns in Connecticut. Oh, yeah. We have people coming from Goshen, coming from Brookfield. I mean, you know, it's um, people will travel for this because it's it's really meaningful. We need to keep learning. We want to be part of an active community and people will take that 45 minute hour journey just to come to class. That's that's a beautiful thing. And you, you offer such amazingly diverse um, courses. Talk a little bit about the breadth of what you offer. Wow, yeah, we try we try and cater for everyone. And um, we, have, we have a number of wonderful volunteer committees, and one of them is our curriculum committee. And they really work hard at listening to what other members want and then trying to find instructors. Our instructors are all volunteers, so we have a lot of people who are maybe retired teachers, Maybe somebody who's just got a passion for a particular subject and never had the opportunity to teach it. They can do that at Ali. So that's another great aspect. You want to teach whatever your you know favorite subject is then you, know, you can do that right <laughs> you can come and do that for Ollie um, we have everything from you know beekeeping to yoga to history to literature we we teach art courses you have and a you don't whole have, garden have any program we have a whole garden program that is starting up this month um, we have an open house on February 26 at the campus so members can come along find out what the garden is all about it's at uh, Fulton Park and um, we plan um, fruit and vegetables and then Everything that's grown is donated back to the community. I love that. And that's that. about two twenty thousand pounds of fruit and oh veg my a goodness. year. It's, it, they do a phenomenal job. Wow, that is such a benefit. And you know, I, I heard somebody say at our second act program, which we work together on, and that um, you 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 know the early part of your life you're attaining, 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 and then you come to a place where you want to give back, and that's certainly one example of it. And 
I mean, that community garden program, I just think, is such a wonderful asset um, that Ali does. And, um, you know, as well as the courses, of course. I mean, I know you've done things, everything from there's been dance-type programs. There's been, we do a program uh, on the theater and the history of the palace with you. I mean, there's just so much diversity. And the thing is that you can sit, you know, you can retire um, or maybe not even be retired yet and act like you're retired. You're just sitting in front of a TV, sitting on a couch, not doing much of anything. Or you can say, I'm still in the game here. And and I say this over and over again, and you see this, I'm sure. What's your oldest? How old is your oldest member? Oh, we've, we've certainly had people in their 90s, mm-hmm. but we have a lot of people in their late 80s and a lot of people in their 50s. So you've yes. got three generations yes. just in Ollie. And I have to say, you know, I, I get, I always say, I get to do this job. I am so lucky. I see people who not only inspire me every day but you know humble me i mean they're retired they're volunteering they are very difficult to get together for a meeting because they're so busy <laughs> well i've heard that from people who are retired I'm, I'm i'm busier now than when i worked yeah do you see people blossoming oh yes i love we, that that is the best thing for me when you hear that somebody's life was changed or made better or somebody will come and say I don't know if this is the place for me I don't know anyone and they take a class and in a they do people just absolutely embrace them and it's it's a beautiful thing Johnny, what are you telling me? Oh, okay. So we've got a few more minutes. <laughs> but th- that, that I think is the real key. And, and our Ollie is um, part of a network of 124 Ollies all around the country. They're all connected to university. Um, and they're, they're funded from this philanthropist uh, or, or initially, Osha. right? Yep. Yes. Um, he was the one who set up um, the OSHA Lifelong Learning Institutes. Um, the first one was in Maine, where he was from, and it has just spread all over the country. It is a godsend for people. Um, it's um, I, I think out of all of the Lifelong Learning Institutes across the country, um, Ollie makes up a third of them. So we're in every single state. Um, wow. Our Ollie is the only one in Connecticut, but um, we're really proud to be connected with the palace and with, with UConn, obviously. Of course, of course. And, you know, as we said earlier when we were talking about the hearing loss, um, <laughs> I'm taking over this network now, Johnny, forget <laughs> it. <laughs> this station, I should say, not network. Um, <laughs> but... It's so important to stay engaged. There's a connection to, you know, keeping your brain stimulated and not, you know, dementia and the things associated. When you, just like any other muscle in our body, um, when we don't stimulate it or exercise it, it goes to waste. That's exactly it. And I just want to mention as well, because, you know, I was listening to your two guests and we, we were talking about, you know, hearing issues. These are things that we try to be very aware of as well. You know, we have we have people coming who have, have different physical limitations. Um, they overcome them. They have different challenges, but they're there every week to take their class. So we really try and accommodate all of those things. And the university does a fabulous job of of working with us on those. That's wonderful. Accessibility is important. Kudos to, I have to give a shout out to uh, Dr. William Pizzuto, our campus director, who is a huge supporter of Ali. And we thank him for that. that, Yes, that's wonderful. And so if you're listening and you're going, okay, when did those classes start? 
the next semester starts? February 21st. There's still time to sign up. You can call us at 203-236-9924 or go online, ali.ucon.edu, O-L-L-I.U-C-O-N-N.edu and call us or email us um, at ucon.edu. We'll help you out. If you didn't get any of that, Waterbury, UConn, Ali. Okay, you'll find it. You'll find it. Or Ollie Waterbury. You'll find it. Yep, you'll find us. So um, thank you so much for listening to us. Thank you for F- to Fiona. And I'm sorry we were like, we just, uh, we had a lot going on this morning. But you know you're welcome here. And by the way, Ali is a sponsor of our Second Act program. And we thank you and for that. And we love Second Act. Too. Thank, thank you, you, Sherry. Thank it's you. always a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we have one minute. So I'm going to wrap up now and say thank you, as always, for listening to your Palisher Place. I hope you get information, certainly about the Palace Theater, palacetheaterct.org, or 203-346-2000 for tickets. Don't forget Deepak Chopra is coming to Waterbury, Connecticut, to the Palace, February 20th. There are still some tickets available. If you've never heard him speak or you haven't read one of his books, this is an epic, epic event. You do not want to miss this. And um, I want to just thank our guests for being with us this morning. I hope you all have a beautiful Friday. I hope you remember it's Heart Health Month. The women you love, make sure they're taking care of their hearts. And we will be with you again in two weeks for your palace, your place, presented by the Palace Theater right here in Waterbury. Stay tuned for local news coming up next. And then Steve Noxon with Talk of the Town. Thank you. Entertaining new possibilities. The Palace Theater.